0: Welcome to the Israel Conversation by Massah Leadership and Impact Center, the content engine behind Massah Israel Journey. We bring contemporary, challenging, and compelling Israel issues to light in ways that help us stay connected with what's really going on on the ground.
1: I am your host, Michael Unterberg, here as always with my co-host.
0: Liel Zahaviasa.
1: How's it going, Leo? Great. Great. How are you? I'm all right. It's a little early for us, frankly. We never record this early in the morning, but we have a special guest from the States, so mm-hmm. it's late for him. He's doing us a favor. We woke up early to take the opportunity our topic today is the conflict of going on uh, in on university campuses around the world And as I say we have a special guest that you know very well Leal would you please introduce
0: him? Yes absolutely So our guest today is Andrew Gare. He recently stepped stepped down after 20 years as the executive director of Rutgers Hillel, the largest Hillel in America, uh, which under his leadership Rutgers Hillel was known for its outstanding commitment to Zionism and Israel education.
2: Welcome, Andrew. It's good to see you. Thanks, Liel. It's great to see you, too. And Mm -hmm. great to meet you, Michael.
1: Nice to meet you. So thanks, really, for staying up late with us. Uh, My pleasure. I I figure for a retired guy like you, you know, that must be pretty pretty rough staying up. Dinner time was probably around four in the afternoon.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, after 20 years of working on a college campus, working late nights uh, (laughs) is pretty much ingrained (laughs) in me.
1: Gotcha. This is totally normal. I guess that was the good thing of working with college kids—is you get the, those young, uh, that young energy.
2: It, it worked pretty well for me, and yeah. uh, and one of the things I, I I enjoyed most about it. Nice.
1: Well, working yeah. with young
2: people at whatever hours they needed to be—that's when we were there.
1: It is a funny time of life where normal human—I don't know biorhythms don't really work. But <laughs> L- Lial, when we were talking earlier in the week, really framed something in an interesting way for us. And, and that's why we wanted you here to talk. Liao, can you give just sort of the listeners a sense of how we framed the topic of what we wanted to talk to Andrew about?
0: Yeah, of course. So we know that our a lot of our listeners either spent a lot of time in Israel um, and then often go back to their home countries. Um, and while they're here in Israel, uh, we do a lot of learning about various different things that are happening in Israel, in particular, the Israeli-Palestinian conflict, which is something that a lot of people like to talk about. Um, and then one of the things that we um, identified recently was that there's actually a big conflict happening um, for them in their own lives uh, when they go back to their home countries. Um, oftentimes they're faced uh, with anti-Semitism or anti-Zionism. Um, and a lot of that, does have to do, or has has is affected by um, what happens in Israel, and so this whole s- sort of connection between um, their relationship to Israel. And how they, and if whether or not they choose to represent Israel or not when they go back to their home countries, Um, and some of them choose to, and some of them don't choose to be as involved. But regardless, there's um, a situation they face where they are sort of tagged as an Israel person or Israel identified person or connected person because they're Jewish, and um, there's it it causes a lot of identity questions I think for our listeners. Um, And so we wanted to tackle that topic and delve a little bit deeper into it to understand. What uh, us as Israel educators can do about this, and how can we help our students and our listeners, um, and also just kind of what it looks like for people who are across the ocean, um, as opposed to being here.
1: What do you think, Andrew? Sure. I well, mean, that, that, that framing really, really struck us.
2: It's uh, it's it's very well thought out because when it's when a a student who spent a gap year in Israel comes back to America, they have they're still processing their experience. Mm-hmm. And now they're processing, processing it in a totally different environment, which has both external challenges and, and then probably internal challenges, which um, the student will discover as they continue to, you know, develop their identity. Uh, the the external challenges are the ones that we're most aware of and and can be really Uh, very difficult but the internal challenges are are um they're real and and i think for many students and educators it's hard to pin them down but the external things which 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 drive the a lot of the internal processing they're real they're challenging and uh, i'd like to sort of talk about the like the different aspects of of what those challenges can be for students
1: sure what do you mean by internal external like what what would be Okay, so own an personal development, is you're on or? a
2: campus which there is a hostile anti-Israel, anti-Zionist environment. There are student groups that are anti-Israel that are active and, and public. There are professors and faculty who are making anti-Israel statements. There might be fellow students in your dorm, in your dining hall, in your class who see your like hipster Herzl sticker on the back of your computer mm-hmm. and say, why do you support killing Palestinian babies mm-hmm. and those are real external challenges um the internal challenge is you've just come from this year in Israel or you, you are connected to Israel in some way and you're 19 years old you're 20 years old you're developing like who you are independently of your family and without even Israel that's already like a very uh it's a challenging moment in a person's life. It's a good moment. It's an exciting moment of growth. And, and, and that's what that this age is about. But the, the the Israel Jewish identity piece is an added layer of complexity that a young person who's developing from teen who lived at home to independent adult has to work their way through. And it's a educators have to be aware that students are working through these things and and and, and help them. At least at least, let them know that they're available to talk about these issues and, and perhaps try to just discern with each individual student with whom you're building a relationship where they're at and, so and what kind it, of support they might need.
1: It exacerbates both challenges that they're happening at the same time?
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, the, the average college kid who's figuring out what they believe in what their values are, who their friends are, what, how they present themselves to the world, that's already like a major a chain, turning point in, in, a, in, a, in a young adult's life. You add the Jewish component to that, the Israel component to that, it's an extra layer of complication. And if people are actively challenging you about the things that you think you believe or feel connected to and, and making you doubt them or feel guilty about them, or confused about them, or angry that people are attacking you for these things, there's just, more, there's just so much more to wrestle with. Mm. Uh, and we need to be aware of that as educators uh, in dealing with a student. If a student comes to you with a question about something that has to do with Israel, why is Israel do this? What happened to the Palestinians about that? The question is not always the facts of the, case, of, of, of the particular event. That's not mm-hmm. always what's actually driving the question. The question is, how do I relate to this conflict, which somehow involves me because I'm Jewish and that's the Jewish state. And all these kids in my class think I'm the expert on it and I I support whatever's happening. And I don't even know what's happening in my own head. Mm -hmm. That's, that's challenge. That's internal. That's the reality for tens of thousands of Hundreds of thousands, really, of Jewish college students. Uh, the the external The external conflicts are the things that we are more aware of, and they need and we need to focus on those. So they affect the whole environment in which a person is developing. Mm-hmm. But um, my concern never was, "Gee, how can we fight SJP, Students for Justice in Palestine?" or what can we do about this faculty member who's made outrageous statements? Those are secondary questions to how do I help the students who are affected by the challenges those, those people represent? How is it being internalized and wrestled and processed by a particular given student? That's the, that's the real thing. Because our concern in the, is really the, the future of this young person, the, the, the future identity of this person. Is it going to be a, a healthy one? Is it going to be a happy one? Is it going to be a, a uh, one which they feel that they understand how they're interacting in the world? And selfishly, uh, if, I mean selfishly on the part of the Jewish people, is it going to be one in which they feel a part of the Jewish people, supported by um, Israel globally, supported, do they feel connected to the Jewish state in a positive way? We always said at Hillel, well, tell, uh, let me let me sort of rephrase this. One of the things we did at Rutgers about a decade ago was we created a a institution within our institution called Mm -hmm. the Center for Jewish Engagement, Center for Israel Engagement, excuse me. And the Rutgers Hall Center for Israel Engagement was driven by a a core belief that a positive relationship to the state of Israel is essential for a healthy Jewish identity. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean that that relationship is going to be the same for every student. Every student's got a, but, but, but does mean that given whatever that student's personality, predilections, values, concerns are, we need to figure out how they're going to, how they're going to find a relationship with Israel. That's positive because if I I liken it to a family, you, Mm -hmm. you, you need to have a positive relationship eventually with your siblings with your parents, with your cousins, your aunts or uncles, wherever. Because if you don't, it's going to be a source of pain and and in your life and, and, and an obstacle in your life forever. Mm-hmm. You can get you can get along in your life with a difficult relationship or a or some kind of ambivalence with your parents, but it's not as healthy. You need to figure out how to have a positive relationship in, w- w- with each other. And it's the same for, as a young Jew, it's the same with the state of Israel. It's the same, really, with, like, the global Jewish people. There's so many different kinds of Jews. And in America, different kinds of Jews tend not to interact with each other because they live in different places. They they worship in different places. They go to different institutions or not. They're educated entirely differently, depending on what part of the American Jewish community they they grow up in. And so they may really not Understand different Jews who are different than them until they get to college, and if they go to a place like Rutgers or any other large uh, university in America, they're going to meet all kinds of different Jews, and that's also going to challenge their identity. And they're going to meet Jews who are staunchly anti, uh, staunchly Zionist, and they're going to meet Jews who are ambivalent, and they're going to meet Jews who are anti-Israel. Maybe there's still a few, there are a few of those, and they're going to meet Jews who don't really care, and they've got to figure out what that means what does it mean to be a jew what does it mean to be connected with israel these are really uh dynamic moments in in a young person's life that educators have to be sensitive to
1: but do you feel that and you know that's that's the university experience that's sort of and it, you know and it's affected by the events of the day but do you feel the experience at least from your viewpoint on college campuses that jewish students feel like they're in an environment of conflict if they care about israel they feel like they're somehow the, 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 there's negative impact to their experience overall, or is it just like, well, apartheid week is a rough week, but other than that, university life is pretty comfy.
2: Things are never as bad as they look from the outside, mm-hmm. and they're never as good as the people inside will tell you. <laughs> because I, I, for the last number of years, as as we've seen incidents of anti semitism increasing all over America and the world, uh, both within and without the university. Yeah. Jewish college students have been very consistent when we talk to them personally about, do you experience anti-Semitism on campus? No, we don't. And at Rutgers, there are a couple hundred guys walking around with kipot Mm -hmm. every day. Nobody bothers them about it, right? And there's thousands of students who are wearing their Stars of David who are dressed in some way that um, tips off those who know that they're Jewish. And they don't experience any problems for the most part. But then when... Organizations do surveys, and they can go online or and fill out a survey that says, have you ever experienced anti-Semitism? Like 50% of Jewish college students say yes. So there's a kind of a disconnect between what a student will tell you about how they're just kind of feeling about their life, and then when they sit and reflect, oh, yeah, this did happen, and that did happen. There are many campuses where these are not issues at all. There are many campuses in America that are not experiencing an increase in anti-Semitism or anti-Israel activity, but there are many campuses that are. And those are the ones that, rightfully so, get a lot of the attention. Um, and that, that, those incidents have, have only increased in the last number of years, and they've increased in many ways because of activities, well, because of actions and events that happen in, uh, in Israel. Last May was mm-hmm. a very clear example of that. Mm-hmm. So when, when the when the conflict that began in Jerusalem and spread into Gaza became an international event, uh, American college students experienced it in a real dramatic way. Even though many of them were not even on campus because of COVID, mm-hmm. because as we all know. Here on a podcast, people live digital lives that are just as real as their IRL lives. Right? They're in real life lives, and the internet became what uh, what one commentator called a uh, you know a, a an electronic pogrom. Mm-hmm. You know, it was a global like tidal wave of anti-Semitism and Israel hatred that was coming into every student's hand in their on their phone
1: yeah I happen not to love that term (laughs) like like you know what I mean but 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 it was it was definitely an emotionally straining experience to open up anyone's social media and just see this barrage of not criticism of Israel policy but really Anti-Israel. It was and, hatred. Yeah, hatred. It was just
2: yeah. hatred. It was irrational. It was vulgar. Mm-hmm. And it was not a, a critique. Mm-hmm. It was just hatred. And mm-hmm. and it spilled out then into the city streets because mm-hmm. we saw Jews who were attacked physically in cities all over America at the same time for the same reasons. When, when and and when you know Jews were attacked on the streets of Los Angeles, on the streets of New York. In Miami, in Illinois, pretty much across the country. And this, for for I know for students in our part of the country, in New Jersey, this happens when, in, in the previous year, we had a machete attack in Muncie, New York, which is right mm-hmm. over the border of New Jersey, where a man was killed, Jewish man, because a guy looked up Zionist uh, synagogue mm-hmm. online and then took a machete and attacked a Hanukkah party. We had mm-hmm. a, we had a bizarre thing, a, a man who is basically what we identified as a black supremacist, come to uh Jersey City to a kosher um kosher market next to a, a a children's yeshiva and open fire and shoot people. And this is on the heels of almost daily, at least weekly, attacks on, on visible Jews in the streets of New York City. This makes everybody this this creates a a, a, a incredibly anxiety anxious Jewish community in America. And when those things came together in May and we saw the the you know online intifada that was happening against Jews, and we saw the attacks on Jews in the streets that were recorded on people's cell phones, and then we saw people cheering that on, I know from talking to some of my my uh, students and 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 friends who were not that connected to Israel, perhaps not that connected to the Jewish community at all, it was an earthquake in their lives. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. An earthquake. And and I know some more than more than one person who had what I would call the Herzl moment where they realized they hate me and I have to love myself and my people more because of that that's like a one response to to what has occurred. And I think you know, as, as far as responses go, that's a pretty positive one. Mm-hmm. Um, then there are others who have have just decided I just have to go underground, and that 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 is I I just will not where I will not be visibly Jewish, and I just won't talk about Israel, and maybe people will just not bother me. And that's a that's that's, just, that's a fear that's real that people have. I don't think it's the healthy or a. a a sustainable response or even an effective response. Mm -hmm. I get it because if you Mm -hmm. see people like there's video we're watching on Facebook of, uh, people, men with Palestinian flags, throwing fireworks and explosives into a crowd on 47th street in Manhattan. Mm -hmm. On the same day that you're just reading a a barrage of, of vicious anti-Semitic attacks about Israel and lies about Israel committing genocide and and such, it's an overwhelming thing. So, how does a young person? How, how does any person take all of that uh, antagonism and hatred and figure and 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 figure out for themselves how do I how do I respond to that? What does that mean to me as a Jew? It, it, do, do I do I have a responsibility to defend the state of Israel because? People are attacking me irrationally, or do I just stay the heck out of all of that? Or maybe Dua Lipa is right, right? My favorite celebrity hates Israel, and and maybe 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 something's wrong with Israel. All of these are responses that people have had in the last several months.
1: I know, but, but I really wonder, like, okay, to make a really rough analogy, Israel has had to deal with sustained rounds of terrorism so much that being aware of terrorism has been it's such a part of daily israeli life that it's really well integrated into how israelis function both as a structurally but also in their lives whereas in the states you had you know after 9/11 so yeah everyone's still taking off their shoes at airports but it terrorism just doesn't feel real in other words because it was a point that was horrific and everyone had to process that emotion i wonder if what happened in may and june was like this Traumatic event, but do you think young people are still walking around feeling that something shifted here in America? And 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 it's after the Pittsburgh shooting, it's after the machete attack in Muncie, it's after the pun. But there's also this sense of still, I think. Well, these are just exceptions. These are these are weird.
2: This will pass. The 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 biggest difference in, in between American Jews and Israeli Jews is that we are part of a country where we are a minority. And we don't expect we expect to be like to, to feel like a minority, but we also don't expect to be attacked ever. Mm-hmm. In Israel, you're the majority. You expect you like feel a whole a different sense of your of, of yourselves because you are the dominant. The, the, you, it's your country. The majority. You are yeah. the majority. But you do expect that you're going to be attacked on a semi regular basis, and you just like factor that in and how you deal with life.
1: Yeah, exactly. The,
2: American Jews are Americans. Period. Do not factor in uh, violence. We do not factor in disruption to our daily lives. One of the reasons that COVID has, be, has caused us like incredible divisiveness in America and depression and anxiety, as well as well, political unrest, is Americans don't know how to deal with disruption in their lives. Our lives have been so cushy. American lives are 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 incredibly undramatic and safe and sound and and american jews feel the same way so when 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 pittsburgh hit it was it was devastating but it's easy to say like, okay crazy person mm-hmm. there's lots of shootings in america and they're all one-offs even mm-hmm. if they're happening once a week right there are. it's a big country there's 330 million people in america mm-hmm. i got where there's five time zones in America. So it's mm-hmm. like it happened, something happened in Poway, which nobody had ever heard of. Oh, that's bad. I mean, it's shocking and it's tragic, but Americans move on shockingly quickly because mm-hmm. it's not happening on a daily basis. It's not affecting most of us and we can move on. The fears that, that uh, I see a lot of people having are in the fact that when bad things do happen, our Political leadership has not necessarily responded with the kind of concern the Jewish community would like to see. Mm-hmm. Our university leadership has certainly not responded with the kind of concern for the Jewish community that they had expressed for other communities that have experienced some sort of uh, attack or or discrimination, and that even more than like a, a, an assault somewhere has made Jews. Uh, um, Uneasy and and, and angry. Um, what happened in 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 Rutgers, for instance, last spring was the chancellor of our university issued a statement that was supposed to be in support of Jews who had been attacked in America. And as soon as he did so, because Jews like right here in our community had suffered some violence because of the overall conflict that emerged out of the the conflict in Gaza. He was attacked verbally, he was attacked and criticized by the Palestinian community here and immediately issued an apology and and solidarity with the Palestinians also. And the Jewish community said, why are you apologizing for for standing up against anti-Semitism? You didn't and, and why are you including and, and then of course the, the traditional thing that American leaders have done the last few years is We're if they're going to criticize yeah. anti-Semitism, it can't be just anti-Semitism. It has to be. And, of course, Islamophobia and anti-Asian and a whole host of other things that are also bad. Yeah. But when, for instance, the Asian community was suffering some, some very public discrimination in February or March, the university came out and made a statement. They didn't say, oh, it also Islamophobia and anti-this and anti-that. No, because we're talking about one community issue, and, and we respect it. Uh, Jews don't get that kind of response from our university leaders and our political leaders in, 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 in many ways. And finally, this spring and summer, the general Jewish community started to notice this.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And that, is, that, that creates an undercurrent of, of, of insecurity also. So there, there is that insecurity, and there is, uh, you know, there, there is like a feeling of that things are not as safe as they once were. But for college students, they they tend to be dealing with what's right in front of them,
3: mm-hmm.
2: right? They're dealing with what's happening to me very personally, and I've got a paper that's due in three days. That's the focal point, of, and, and, and my and my boyfriend is doing this. That's the focal point of their lives. Mm-hmm. Because and and developmentally, that's where it should be. That's that's. Well, I think most
1: humans. I think that I think that stays with most people. They sort of focus your you, your daily life is your primary concern, and then you're aware of these peripheral things going on around you. But it, but it, it's funny because you know we're talking about living in conflict. I I, I I guess part of what concerns me as as an educator here in Israel, am I supposed to be helping them process the conflict going on in their lives because they're Jews and Israel's this focal point of hatred or am I supposed to be making them realize that they're in a conflict zone and they're sort of oblivious to it because they just think life in America is still going on as normal with some you know recent difficulties
2: i would say that for israeli educators to be trying to tell americans that when you go back you're going to be facing Difficulty is not productive. It sounds like fear mongering. Mm-hmm. Students look at you like you're not fr- you're from here. What do you know? What about do you even know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Teach what you know.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And 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 when you teach what you know, people will believe it and relate to it. Um, and what you guys know is that we as Jews are one people historically. Mm-hmm. And, and and spiritually and in the eyes of the world, we are interconnected mm-hmm. and and we should rem- and we should know what those connections are the The biggest challenge in many ways in America right now is that many certainly the young the, the, the younger generation, but many American Jews as a whole no longer feel connected to other Jews qua Jews mm-hmm. you know my generation I grew up there's the Jewish people and the the, the fact that my grand, my great grandparents arrived in America and yours like made Aliyah and yours went to Brazil and yours ended up in Australia. is a total accident of history because we're all one mm-hmm. that, that is not, that is not really the, 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 the understanding that American Jews have today mm. who are, uh, you know, under 35. Mm. And it's yeah. eroded in the 40 to 50 year olds. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that is a dramatic, a terrible loss. The terrible loss. When we stop we, we, when we stop feeling that we are all Am Yisrael, then then who are we? Right. You know, why should we? I've had students who said, Why should I really care about this? Like, what does it have to do with me? And that's a very legitimate question since mm-hmm. on this side of the Atlantic. And it's a question that I've had, uh, that many Israelis wouldn't even think to to pose. Leo, you certainly had experience with this when you were working at a college campus.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I was just going to say that students today, um, going back to what you said about the reactions that they can have regarding things that happen in Israel. So, right, like, let's take, again, the example of last May. And then you have students who are young, just young people, in, 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 at least in America, who say, okay, I can either ignore it and, like you said, um, try to sort of get away with not being identified as Jewish, not being involved in this conflict, and sort of live my life, which I see a lot of people um, choosing to do. And then I saw a lot of people also become completely... Um, I don't know, upset and enraged with what's happening, especially on their social media, because it's their friends that are posting things. It's it's the, it's the my old roommate, or it's the kid who sat next to me in yeah. class, or it's whatever, the coworker that I have that all of a sudden is resharing these things on Instagram that are blatantly anti-Semitic or anti-Zionist, and then they, they're they trying to engage in, con- for, in conversation. They're trying to send messages about, hey, listen, like if you wanna talk more, we can talk more, but what you're posting is actually a dangerous thing that you're posting. You're posting something that could hurt my cousins or my friends or my people, whatever, in Israel. Or even just my people in, 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 I don't know, on the streets of New York. Um, so so can we have a conversation about that? And then, you know, some people are successful and, and some people really did, were able to engage um, virtually with people and have a conversation. Some people were completely ignored. Um, mm-hmm. I actually was completely ignored by a few people. But anyway, I guess I'm just wondering about in terms of their experience here in Israel. And I get this question a lot of like, how, from, from their side of how, do we move forward with it in the sense of do we now become these like have these Herzl moments and stand go home and stand in our soapboxes and now be this representation of all of what Israel is and all of what Jewish Jew, a Jewish person should be out in you know living outside of Israel um, or do we sort of try to you know uh, get by without being you know identified and also I think um, you know with social like you were saying with social media becoming the in real life of people, then it's a lot easier to be targeted. Um, so I, I don't know, I just there's this question on their side that that they ask me. And I know that I'm an Israel educator and I know that I the last thing I wanna do is tell them how to live their lives when they go home, but I do bring it up. And I think there's this like very real question that they have of just like, I don't know how to handle that or how to in, incorporate that into my identity. And then what happens when I go home? How do I engage with that?
2: You know, Leo, I, I spoke, Couple of weeks ago, to a group of um of American public school high school students, and and they want to know about what's going to happen in college and all that. And one of the like questions I was most surprised by that came up like, multiple times is, should I? Is it safe for me? Like I'm gonna if I wear a Star of David, is am I gonna be safe? If I have my little Israeli flag sticker on on my back of my Laptop? Am I going to be physically safe? That's a question I'd never heard from Americans before. Mm -hmm. So something's changed very much when juniors and seniors in high school have that as a question, preparing for college. And what I told them was, wear your star of David. Put that Israeli flag on the pop up on the back of your phone. Be proud educate yourself and and express pride in, in being jewish because people respect that and when you respect yourself others will respect you now the crazy person or the the active hater they're they're not going to be affected by anything you do because it's not about you it's about their hate and about their craziness. But the vast majority of your friends who might be posting something that they saw online that they are totally ignorant about, they, their they, their minds can be changed. Their opinions can be affected. Mm-hmm. If they see that their friend is really proud of something and that something's important to them. So I think it's a moment where American Jewish youth are looking for answers, they're looking for guidance. And help them to understand that being proud to be Jewish, that being connected to other Jews, that being connected to the State of Israel, that being connected to the Jewish history, being connected to your your family and your and, and your traditions, is is a strength. Is something that is going to uplift your life. And 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 you will when when you and when you do that, you will find support not only among all the other Jews who are also like nervous. Can share this together, but you will find support from non-Jews who who will respect that. America is, for all the challenging things that are happening right now, America is a very um, philo judaic country. America likes Jews. Something you can't say about most countries elsewhere in the world. Nobody's going to say that about any country in the Middle East or in in Europe where Jews once lived. But America likes Jews. What does that and mean, America likes Jews? America likes Jews? There has never been government-sponsored anti-Semitism in America. On, the, on the, uh, the way, it, it, Just like written into law the way it ha- was in Muslim countries or Christian countries. The, the Christian background of America is just deep with a discussion about Israel and an, an acknowledgement of the debt to Jewish cult Jewish history that they have that that this country has and there are just myriad when we when we talk about the Judeo-Christian you know Judeo-Christian society or whatever a lot of Jews get mad about that because it's like code for just Christian with a gloss of okay Jews are okay too but Christians who use that they really like mean it they there is there is a there is an acceptance of Jews as as like people to be honored and respected in a way that does not exist in England or Germany or Sweden or or Iraq or Iran. It was an and, Israeli
1: journalist a few years ago who did, who spent, uh, uh the, there was a, one of these evangelical churches in the South was having an Israel weekend. They once a week, once a year, will do an entire, not just Sunday, but the whole weekend about Israel. So he came as an Israeli journalist and they were very happy and they interviewed him and he interviewed them. And it was just this love fest until Sunday afternoon when he was sitting alone with the pastor and he was saying you know it's so amazing how much respect you have for us and and the pastor said I know and it's not easy and I go to Israel all the time and it's not easy but we love you guys so what do you mean it's not easy well you're 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 rude and you're cheap and you're but we but we love you guys and so I always you know, you know
2: I I have a good friend who was a very senior um officer in the American military mm-hmm. and uh, spent a lot of time in, in Iraq and in Afghanistan and went to Israel for trainings and stuff. And I asked him, so uh, like, tell me about your relationship with the Israeli military. And he said, they're the best in the business and they are such a pain in the ass mm-hmm. and they they're arrogant and they're rude. And I love them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think we have to own it. I think we have to own that. You don't have to like every aspect of. You can generalize about Jews. We generalize about other people, but you treat uh, them. With
1: a, I, I a try big, not to <laughs> generalize
2: about other people. That's a whole other can of worms we don't want to get into today. I'll think. Well, but um, you
1: know, I, I think there's a difference between saying you know Israeli military guys are tough and arrogant, and saying Jews are X. I wouldn't say that about you know Italians are X. Black people are X.
2: yes, you would. And maybe not you, Michael, because I don't know you. So I can accept that maybe you wouldn't. And people talk about this kind of, they talk about, oh, the Chinese, the French. They talk about people like this all the time. And, and, and Well, that's messed up. It's messed up, but it's, it's also like that's human nature. It is. You know, that's I why I don't Norway trust. That's why- you know what the Norwegians say about the Swedes? <laughs> and you know what the, the Swedes say? Like, that's just the way it is. I, lived, I went to grad school in Scotland. You know who the Scots hate more than anybody in the world? The English. Sure. They're in the same country.
1: There's a rough history they, they're there. Like, well, it's the same but, country, that's it. Yeah.
2: Well, that's the they're, they they yeah, are in the United Kingdom. Yeah. Like I think you have to accept that people are going to generalize about each other in a certain fashion in a way which Sure, that's today why I don't trust when you to. No, no, today but they are very sensitive too, but like yeah. doesn't always mean that they want to send you like to to, to a camp.
1: And you know, Leonard we're very Leonard, Leonard Cohen, because
2: there are people who want to send us to camps to kill us, and Leonard we have to Cohen, know the difference.
1: The the Canadian musician Leonard Cohen had a song about uh, the sacrifice of Isaac, and there's a line in it where it's where he's where he says, "I will help you if I must. I will kill you if I can. I will kill you if I must. I will help you if I can."
3: Hmm.
1: And human nature is fragile. Both things are true about human nature. Both ways of looking at, and so I, I just always get nervous. I'm not saying you're wrong in saying that America has obviously been one of the, if not the greatest, shelter—not just a shelter, but but a place where Jews could thrive and build meaningful lives and communities. And America has been terrific to the Jews. I just
2: one of the, you know, Michael, I don't trust the-
1: philo One of the issues,
2: well, trust, I trust, I trust this. Mm -hmm. There are very few barriers in American society to Jews because they're Jews. When, when, when Jews Jews complain, when Jews complain in America on a campus or in in any community about an act of, of anti Semitism or prejudice against them, it's very hard to get non Jews to think that this is real because Mm -hmm. what they look at us Mm -hmm. and they say you're white people one you're white and you're privileged and you're wealthy and all those things are true overall in america the jewish community is although there are impoverished jews the jewish community is relatively more wealthy and in america we are treated as white even except by the white supremacists and yet they point and they say three like a third of the supreme court are jews The presidents of every, 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 every Ivy League university has had presidents who are Jews. There are Mm -hmm. Jewish senators. There are Jewish governors. There's Jewish heads of every corporation. They're all like, they're doing fine in in America. Jews are doing pretty darn well. And I think Jews are doing pretty darn well. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean that there are not some terrible things that are happening right now that we need to be concerned about and stand up against. But it's not as some of my friends tend to think, I don't think this is Germany in 1932. I don't think this is, this is, you know, Russia in 1903, Mm -hmm. but we are in a place that we haven't ever been. I grew I mean, I, I was, I was born in 1964 and, and I grew up, Israel was strong and powerful and everybody in America loved her and Jews had no real problems in America. And, I look back, and like the 30 years of that, or 40 years of my youth, were like blip on the his and the, the radar screen of history. We mm-hmm. lived in this little bubble of, of where anti-Semitism was looked down upon and barely existed openly in America. That's changed. It wasn't that like that before you were a right. kid.
1: It wasn't like that in your parents' generation. Your my parents' generation, generation go didn't to have college that. College he wanted
2: to go to because he was a Correct. kid. Right, right. They couldn't live in the neighbor in every neighborhood because they were Jew. Right. right. But the experience of other minorities was not so much different than us. No, we were right. Uh, like, there are many other minorities who also sure. were redlined into neighborhoods or and Jews were treated from like a minority. College.
1: Not, not differently than the Germans when they came or the Irish when they came or the Italians, when they came, they, at first there was resistance. And then eventually they were given that sort of, okay, you're really American. And now, it's the it's the Mexicans who are the other, or right. the Asians who are the other, and you guys are now on the inside. And Jews, to what you're describing, is Jews kind of did that, and they're on the other side. The question yeah. is, what happens going forward? That I don't know.
2: I mean, I think there's no question that Jews have been successful in America, right? the The, the, the question is, of course. What does the future hold? And in a, in a society, an American society is very divided right now. And there are those who want to divide the society based on, on, on the hierarchy of oppressions. Mm-hmm. And in, a, in an odd and, and perverse way, the more oppressed you are, the higher level of respect you're, you, you need to be accorded. Mm-hmm. And Jews are not treated as an oppressed group because mm-hmm. in so many ways we are the most successful minority group in America. Mm-hmm. The in, the Indian Americans and the Asian Americans are actually doing even better than us, but, mm-hmm. but like we're we're still doing pretty well. But it's hard for people to understand that you can be a successful minority group and still face extreme prejudice. There are people who do want to kill us. Mm-hmm. That's a real thing. And there are people who believe that we support Genocide, because mm-hmm. we support the state of Israel. Those are and 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 and, and act towards us as you would act towards somebody who you think is supporting genocide. These are real, and these are incredibly mm-hmm. challenging things that we have to deal with right now. One of the things that we have, I, I think, Israelis don't appreciate, and American Jews who are in the like very active Jewish community don't appreciate is the incredible the depth of ignorance Mm
3: -hmm.
2: about Mm -hmm. jews and america and jews and israel in america Mm -hmm. people don't understand what jews are where we came from how we got here people have no idea how israel got to be israel or Mm what where where palestinian identity comes Mm -hmm. they they they, Mm -hmm. we took a uh, I mean you're
1: literally describing our course to a certain extent. That's what <laughs> we do. Right? Well,
2: that course needs to be spread all around. Yeah. I've had so many conversations with university administrators who they don't they don't understand like that Jews are not a religious group.
3: Yeah.
2: They think of Jews the way they think of Episcopalians and Methodists mm-hmm. and Muslims and mm-hmm. Hindus. Mm-hmm.
3: They
2: they don't think of Jews the way they think of um Latinos and and Arab students and black students and and you know ethnic groups. Or or national
1: groups like French or Italian or Irish or
2: yeah. They they have no concept of that. Mm -hmm. And when you try to explain why something feels anti-Semitic because it's an insult to my national identity or my non-religious ethnic identity they i mean i've had people stare at me as if i'm speaking gibberish they they, they mm-hmm. and and it takes it takes repeated and patient conversation to get them to to grasp this and and i've had successes in those cases mm-hmm. you know if, if you get the with opportunity time. to have those kinds of yeah. conversations but most of the time you don't so you're dealing with people who they don't understand who Jews are, where we come from, or how we got here. They have no idea how Israel came to exist or why. They have no idea what a Palestinian is or how they, where they live, or they don't, they don't know anything about anything. And yet they have incredibly strong opinions that are based on complete falsehoods and are are lies. That's a lot to have to to uh, explain to people who don't want to be told anything either. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they don't want to be
0: explained to. Also, people who don't really feel like they're equipped to explain those things, I think
2: that's as exactly. just a Jews. Typical, Amer- a typical American Jewish college student is not an expert on any of this stuff either. They're they don't, they don't know, mm-hmm. and and then they're asked to defend everything about Jews and Israel, and they have no idea what the, what what the, what the issues are, and they feel totally ill equipped. The problem, of course, is if you say to them. Okay, we're going to send you out to be soldiers on the battlefield of the campus. Well, who the heck wants to be a soldier mm-hmm. if you don't have to? <laughs> Most of the Israelis I know who serve in the military, like they wouldn't be soldiers if they didn't have to. Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah,
2: and American kids, like they're not prepared for that psychologically or uh, or emotionally, much less as far ed- 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 educationally.
1: Well, not everyone's psychology not is built asking. for that. Yeah, it's not fair. No,
2: but they also have to deal with it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I also think that they really want to show solidarity with, with Palestinians and with other minorities who are inherently becoming more and more anti-Israel, but also they feel compassion towards those, those groups. And they don't want to just be on the Israel s- side of the political spectrum, if you know what I mean. They, they want to yeah. be somewhere in the middle and they don't feel like there's a place for them to be somewhere in the middle.
2: Mm. If you don't show some understanding and compassion for the Palestinian uh, position in, Amer- in, in on an American college campus, then you're basically a fascist who doesn't deserve a voice on the campus. That's the perception. And I would say we have done a really terrible job of educating our pro-Israel students about who the Palestinians are,
3: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. More,
2: right? More than in a very two-dimensional way. And... That makes them ill-equipped to know, like, what to believe from anybody. It's complicated as heck, and it's more than we can expect from a 19-year-old who's also trying to figure out how to make, like, how do I get myself to get up in the morning and go to class when I don't have to? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> That's like a grown-up. Like I'm adulting here. Look, I had, right. I went, to, I, I I went to the bank today, so. <laughs> it's not fair for us to put this on students, but the world isn't fair. The world is mm-hmm. putting this on all of us. Yeah. And and we have to be compassionate to our own people in helping them deal with this, but also firm that they need to be proud and strong about who they are. And
0: mm-hmm. if they
2: haven't been given the tools to do that, well, let's, let's, let's help you do that. Mm-hmm. One thing I've seen that I, that makes me really frustrated are Jewish organizations, who see who, who see students who are wrestling or 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 critical of the Jewish community or of Israel, etc. And part of the issue is that they don't have a lot of education, and they no. are being affected by misinformation. And instead of trying to educate those students, just trying to like be, meet be where they're at. Oh, you're you you have a problem with Israel. Well, so do we,
3: mm-hmm.
2: but we still love Israel. Mm-hmm. But we yeah, we have problems with it. Well, now you've confused the heck out of that kid too, even more. What I see is uh, the majority of American college students, not all, but the majority. They want to love Israel. They want to feel proud of Israel and of being Jewish. We just need to give them permission. Mm-hmm. And we don't. The American Jewish community really doesn't just conf- like doesn't give them permission to love Israel the way that they would like to because we're caught up in the nuances and the complexities and, 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 and the, and how we're perceived by others. and Other groups are able somehow to give pride to their people without worrying about what other people think of them. And Jews are really bad at that. Hmm. At least American Jews are. I, I, I think as a minority in this country for since 1654, we're like, just trained to worry about what other people think about us mm-hmm. at the same time we're not trained to deal with it if they don't think if they don't like us because they, we've done pretty well and they've mostly liked us or liked us well enough right. that it didn't get in the way the new normal is not is not something we're prepared for
1: well mm-hmm. i mean and, and i guess the, the the basic idea is like you said earlier we're, for one people we have to work it out together you know it's funny you were saying earlier about how you know, 18 to 24-year-olds are dealing with their internal process, but also their external process. And that's certainly true of of young individuals, but Israel's also a very young state. And it's also dealing with its external and its internal, who it's becoming. And, and so, you know, everything you're talking about, usually our episodes, our clear focus is students who are not here. But but this episode, I think, is also important for educators to listen to. And I, and I hope we'll get some feedback both from educators, but also more importantly, from young listeners. If, tell us what you th- think about, you know, some of these ideas. But we, we do have to all work this out together in a way that we help each other. And I think that sometimes, you know, it's funny when when we were kids, Andrew, I'm just a little younger than you, I was born in 68. When we were kids, it was always, what in the diaspora can we do to help Israel? And now the leadership in Israel is very like, well, now we really have to help them in the diaspora because they're all falling apart. And mm-hmm. I don't know that either model is really the smartest way to look at it. We're all here to to have each other's backs and take care of each other and help us process and figure this stuff out. It's a lot. It's a lot that we're trying to wrap our heads around. Yes, it
2: is. And that's, the Yeah. The, one of the tragedies of the American Jewish community is that we have failed miserably to in to educate the next generation.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: My the, the the generation of my grandparents failed to educate the generation of my parents, who failed to educate my generation, who have not bothered to educate the next, their kids at all, for the most part, and it's very difficult then when faced with a challenge to, to draw on the internal resources that Jewish community's always had. And I mean, the, the, the spiritual resources and the, and the, the, um, the, the, the the resources of the P of, of, of the peoplehood and of knowing Mm -hmm. like who we, who we are and where we've come from and how we're connected to each other. Those resort that, that well of, of strength is, which is, really defined Jews for 2000 years of, of diaspora living that is, is dissipated dramatically. in America. Um, you don't get that back in a seminar. You don't get that back in a gap year. You don't get that back, um, you know, with a, with a podcast, but all of these things are essential. You get that back with every little thing that we do. Adds up to what I hope will be over the course of of young people today's lifetime, an education in who they are. Um, we're all we're all like you know, the 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 famous story of Rabbi Akiva who saw the the water making an imprint on the rock mm-hmm. and realized that he, knew he was forty, he could still learn. Mm-hmm. Well, this podcast, every educator, every every program is a drop of water. And we're not going to see the results right away. But God willing, in time, we're going to make a very deep impression. But we have to keep at it.
1: Well, I mostly agree with you, but I'm pretty sure just this podcast is going to save the whole world within the next... <laughs>
2: this one might. Like, this yeah, just fun. this <laughs> one. Yeah, just this one. Yeah, but in
1: general, what
2: you're saying makes a lot of sense. I agree with you. Well... And you know, I say that because as a hell of director, other people in the Jewish community kind of made us feel like, okay, we've given you a kid who's had no Jewish education for 18 years, right. make him a really proud, good Jew in <laughs> right. the 25 minutes a week that you have for right. the next three years. Thank you. Well, and, and that sort of thinking sort of applies across the board in, in, mm-hmm. in, in the community. And, and we have to rethink that.
1: Yeah, you're an educator, you're not a parent and you're not a family. And those and, and an educator's job is profoundly important and really makes a big difference in the world, but it doesn't take the place of all the other parts of the structure that build identity. But we do what we can and and we make the difference we make and like you say you can't you can you can you can be depressed by the enormity of the task or you can be engaged and excited to make the difference that you can make. And you never so. know
2: What you're doing for a particular student that is going to set them off on a, on a path of self-education.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Mm -hmm. Uh, Which ultimately all education
1: is really (laughs) self-education is really what it comes down to.
2: That is, we're just trying to inspire them to continue commit to a life where they keep trying to learn about themselves. Mm -hmm. I had a student come to me years after I, he graduated and I hadn't seen him or heard from him. And like, tell me what a powerful moment he had on a, on a birthright trip that we went on. And that changed his life. Mm
3: -hmm. Mm.
2: Now it didn't change his life right away, but 12 years later, he can look at that and say, you know, the direction I went in or learned about and thought of was because of something that happened in that moment. And that's as educators, we just have to just keep putting out as many moments in as many ways as we can. Um, being sensitive to each, each student's particular, you know, Neshama particular soul that they have, that they bring that they have and how it can be touched.
1: Well, we reached out to you because we knew your perspective would help us process our angle of it. And so we can't thank you enough. We really appreciate it.
2: Thank you. My pleasure. Thank you. It's an honor to be part of this. Okay.
1: Yeah, no, it's, we have to, we have to, one of the things that and Liel's basic point at the beginning was we really have to all listen to each other, and that's how we'll 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 get wherever we get. Somewhere. Whatever that ends up yeah. being. Yeah, we'll get somewhere.
2: <laughs> we'll get somewhere. <laughs> yeah, <That's>, we'll get, <laughs> oh, but, but the important part is we get there together. Right. <laughs> it's
3: true.
1: Yeah, that's right. That's all right. right. All right. Well, we don't have to hang up the zoom, but it is the end of the episode, so I'm gonna stop the recording. Bye bye.
0: Massah Israel Journey is dedicated to shaping a promising future for the young Jewish individual, the global Jewish community, and the connection to the state of Israel. Masa offers life-transforming, long-term opportunities in Israel that allows fellows to create their own future. Check out MasaIsrael.org for more info.